And you don't make a knife hand when you're nervous. You make a knife hand when you're trying to take someone out with karate. What is up, my beautiful snacks? This is Too Busy Didn't Know, TBDK, the podcast where I find the best science, technology, business, and startup news from the past week, and I update you about it because, let's face it, we're all super busy and we can't know everything. That's why I'm here to keep you in the loop on all the cool new stuff that's out there. I'm Gogo Joe. If you like my show, just a reminder on whatever you're listening to it on, whether it's Spotify or YouTube or whatever, hit the subscribe button and support me. It would mean a whole lot to me as we build out this great audience. But today, as I mentioned, we've got all sorts of topics to get to. Things like tickets to space being finally available on Blue Origin. We got Netflix's first VTuber to tell us about anime. Heads up, she's half sheep, half human, all adorable. There are floating cities in the Maldives for surprisingly cheap. You can get a house there. And finally, Walmart's gaming service kind of got leaked. All that and more on today's TVD. Okay, let's get you caught up. Welcome again to my show. Thank you for joining me. All that good stuff. I hope you enjoy it. Behind me, as you can see, we got some cats from South Korea. This is a window that we're looking out of for, uh, yeah, just some backgrounds that you, this is a visual show after all. So if you're listening on uh, the podcast form, you can go on YouTube and search TBDK and actually see a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about and not just hear about it. But let's get right into it. As I mentioned, we have so many stories to cover and I'm excited about them. And a lot of them have videos. So let's hop right into it. The first thing that we're going to talk about is this plan for a floating city in the Maldives? 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 We'll go with that. As you can see here, if you're looking on YouTube, they are making this floating city. And when I first saw it, I was like, damn, it looks like a brain. But then I read a little bit, little bit deeper into the article and they actually modeled how the city is laid out in the ocean, this floating city, uh, to look like a coral from the top down. And if I scroll down here, you can see Yes, I totally get the hexagonal shapes of everything. It's a coral. It looks like if you're looking from top down, also kind of like a brain. It's almost shaped like a brain. Uh, and it looks like a series of piers that have houses and stuff on them. Uh, and then if you go down, you can see that they also have uh, like docks near all of the houses or the apartments maybe. Uh, it's also very colorful in the mock-ups. All the buildings are yellow and orange and like blue, but like the neon version of those of those colors, uh, but it looks very nice and the, the, the skies look blue and everything looks nice. It looks very warm. They even have some like, you know, soccer or basketball courts and stuff on uh, on the island at the various places. And if you look at the concept art, it also looks like they have some sort of public pool over on the left-hand side in the forest, which is, I mean, that's pretty cool. Unless that's like the, the homeowners association or something. Uh, the construction for this thing is supposed to be next year, starting starting in 2022. It's going to have homes, stores, hospitals, schools, recreational facilities, and public spaces. But best yet, a space there will only cost you $250,000, which, I mean, when you say it out loud, it kind of sounds like a lot. But when you take into account, like, if you're going to move to San Francisco, that's going to cost you a million US dollars or more just for 
a smaller house that's not in a tropical place. Like 250K doesn't sound so bad. I have no friends that have paid more for their houses in not locations that are the Maldives, for sure. They're, they're not having swim pools and uh, barbecues outside with their multicolored houses, I can tell you that much. But they got a little trailer for their city, so let's check it out here. Just, yeah. Oh my. Already I'm in. It's just showing me beachfront and people chilling, having a good time, relaxing, smiling. Of course, it looks incredible. Now they got Hawaiian like dancers, there's people in boats, just smiling on bikes, jumping around in the, the crystal clear blue water. We got coconut trees. We got the first view of white people standing around. Okay, I don't like the first time they showed somebody that looked like they were in a house, it was a white family, and everyone else in the video has been someone of color. I, I don't, it just, yeah, didn't rub me the right way on that one. Now they're showing some of the the housing and the separate, or the, uh, the concept art that they made for this. I don't know, man. They got me. They got me hooked. I would love to go live on a tropical island in, in the warm sun. I'm stuck here in the middle of Germany, where it's just overcast all the time. Not my thing. But if you're looking into it, Maldives floating city, 250k. One of these properties can be yours. Starting construction next year. Probably taking reservations now. Get on it. Good luck and enjoy the sun. Get that pina colada life going on. You know. <laughs> Moving on to the next story. Uh, this is a, a quick one. I'm going to try to break it up between longer ones and quick ones. Researchers demonstrate first human uh, use of high bandwidth wireless brain computer interface. A brain computer interface is something that they plug into your brain. Like literally it plugs into your brain through little, little tiny thin uh, sensors, electrode sensors. And it senses the electricity of your brain, the, the firing. And then you can interact and it, it can interpret it and then you can interact with the computer. And researchers now have demonstrated, as you can see here on this guy, they put these. <laughs> it doesn't look real great. It looks like they just put a, I, I don't even know how to describe it, like a, a really small mock-up of a chair on his head that is an electrical system that's clearly plugging into his brain, but it's wireless. It's a wireless uh, um, router, so he can actually interact with the computer wirelessly through his brain. Uh, he is a tetraplegic, I believe, which means he can't use any of his limbs. Uh, it was this 65-year-old guy and another 35-year-old guy, but this is incredible. Uh, Neuralink just the other month, if you've been keeping up with TBDK, you'll know that they showed off a monkey that was playing Pong, and now we got the brain gate, which is doing it wirelessly as well. I think this is absolutely incredible, and it's, it's, it's for the medical use of this, incredible, and then where it's going to go from there when we start having our phones interactable with just our thoughts. It's going to be a whole different type of world that we're living in when we get these chips implanted in us. And then people are really going to be concerned about tracking from the government when uh, the, this thing is plugged into your head wirelessly that can read and write your brain. Like, I don't know, some of the stuff that people complain about now, I laugh about the problems that they're going to have in the future. Like, if you think the, the vaccines are putting microchips in you for tracking, wait until we actually have access to your thoughts in your brain. That's going to be real fun. But speaking of fun, 
Netflix just got into the VTuber game a couple of weeks ago. I also mentioned this on TBDK, uh, which is uh, Code Miko. It's this girl who pretty much motion tracks herself in real time. And she's got an avatar that runs in the Unreal Engine over Twitch. And it looks like it's a video game character, but she's actually behind it controlling it. Uh, and Netflix just introduced their VTuber, who is this, as they claim, half sheep, half human, which I can totally relate to being half sheep because I love sleeping <laughs> and we usually count sleep uh, sheep to go to sleep but man I, I love sleeping and I feel like a half sheep sometimes also I'm really cold all the time and I love to have cotton layers on so maybe that's where that half sheep comes from I just love love having them warm curly layers on keeping me Toasty, you know, but let's say hi to Noko anime's uh, anime Netflix's Person it's so loud and turn down So here they're showing us some of the anime that they have the the OGs on Netflix the OG originals Netflix originals and then they introduce us to Enko here Cute music Oh Here's Enko position, Netflix anime ambassador. What is she? Sheep human life form, debuting 42721. And then it just shows a bunch of people going, ah, yay! And waving their hands around. So, ne this is probably the biggest company to get into a VTuber space right now, or virtual YouTubers. And uh, Netflix is trying to use the, the trend as a way to promote its growing interest in anime, which really honestly makes sense because one of the, the spaces that, or big markets that Netflix really has been trying to move into is anime. It's a huge, massive, huge market worldwide. They compete with Crunchyroll and uh, Funimation uh, on this space and now they're making their originals. Uh, and I mean, it's, it's smart to get more and more of these anime obsessed people onto the Netflix platform to watch anime. Uh, I think it's it's really smart what they're doing. I don't know if this VTuber thing is gonna really work out. I went on their their YouTube here and I and I checked out their uh, first episode with her and it is really not great if I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna bring it up here right now. So it starts out with just her and she's speaking in Japanese, which is very authentic. Uh, with subtitles but as you can kind of hear she's kind of has no personality it's like very monotone and uh in the beginning here she explains like what she's gonna say and then they get into the review a little bit later but when they mention stuff it's just her talking about it this virtual youtuber talking about it and no real like clips from the shows or extra stuff around it. Like one of the reasons that Code Miko is so cool is that she is this digital being and around her all the stuff is happening. She has a lot of personality. She acts goofy. She is able to switch her skin that she's wearing on the avatar uh, just like that at the touch of a button. Uh, switch camera angles and they don't really switch camera angles here. They don't switch her skin to make it more anime-y. They don't show clips from the show. So they've got a long way to go. I mean, it's just the first episode and I'm not sure if this is a real person behind our sheep human friend here or if it's just an animation. Uh, one of the things that these virtual YouTubers really are kind of 
popular for is that the fact that they have a real person behind them. So, I don't know. I think they need to find a real sheep human and get her uh, doing this anime thing with some personality instead of what they got. But if you want to check it out, it's called The Enco Show. It's uh, Netflix's weekly anime thing. And I was laughing because Netflix anime has 415,000 subscribers just for the Netflix anime channel uh, where they just show trailers of anime. It's, it's quite incredible. So if you want to check it out, head over to Netflix Anime's YouTube for Enco. Uh, quick note here, another another story moving on from it. Uh, Mighty is this new platform that wants to make Chrome browser faster by running a browser from the cloud. So pretty much we've moved from the browser being like the operating system into the browser running just in a cloud container on your computer. Uh, and the goal here is to speed up Chrome because people bitch all the time that it's a slow browser, which yeah, it is. But also one of the reasons it's probably so slow is because we have so many goddamn tabs open. Like guys, close a couple of the hub tabs and move on from it. You don't need all the videos open. I see people's computers all the time and they have probably 50 or to 100 tabs open all the time. I generally break it up into spaces, so I'll have different windows of tabs. <laughs> so I know I'm working on this thing in this tab, and I'm working on this thing, or I'm working on this thing in this window with all the tabs. And over here, I'm working on, you know, whatever, my finances in this tab or window with all the tabs. So it breaks it up a little bit, but they're trying to speed it up even more. And in their demo, it was just them like opening up Figma, the web app Figma. That's it. Just look at it. Oh yeah, look how good Figma runs in your app or in your tab, in your tab, in your browser, which is being streamed <laughs> to your computer. Instead of a game, you're streaming your browser. Like what a crazy thing. It, it, they're, and they're charging you for it. I think it's like 20 bucks a month or something to use Mighty. But uh, it did, as I was reading this, mention one thing which I thought was really interesting. And that is that it, there's been this decade long um, let me see if I can find it again. There's been this decade long transition that we've been a part of, um, which I was like, dang, I didn't even think about that, but they're 100% true on this one. Mighty wants to address the often hard complaint that Chrome is slow, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, I'm not finding it, but pretty much what it said was that there's been this decade long transition from desktop apps that you used to have on the desktop of your computer into just web apps that you access through a browser. And that's why our browsers are getting so slow is because we're actually accessing a bunch of webs and all these different tabs and we have applications open. And when I think about it, yeah, when I go on Figma or when I go on Spotify, the browser version, or even YouTube, these all used to be apps on your computer or software on your computer that you would open up. You would double click it, double click into it, and then it would open up like the YouTube software that then you could work with or, or interact with. Uh, and I just realized that, yeah, my actual computer is really not filled with apps any, or yeah, software anymore besides it, things like Adobe, Photoshop, and Illustrator. Uh, and then internet tabs and Word documents, and that's it. But most of my actual like games and everything else is all offline now or off in an app somewhere. 
uh, on the web, unless it's, you know, Steam, whatever. That's still on my computer. I guess my, my, my computer is actually just a gaming machine with some Word documents on it. And then all of the other stuff is all web-based. That's kind of what our computers are becoming. And then with edge computing, it's going to get even, even more uh, intense as we uh, yeah have edge computing. But I'm not going to get into that on today's episode. Uh, so if you want to check it out, that's called Mighty. But speaking of things to check out, you might be a Spotify subscriber. This podcast is sponsored by Spotify. No, it's not. Just kidding. But they just announced a new uh, layout feature, which uh, we can see here. Saying that they have a new library where you can search your entire library in one tap. One thing I really has annoyed me about Spotify is that whenever I try to find the songs that are saved on my phone as downloaded tracks, I never could actually find a filter to do just that. And they finally seem to seem to have addressed that in this. So you can find the right whatever with dynamic filters. You can go to your library, hit the search button, and then type in, you know, playlists and then click downloaded. And I like how the bubbles actually combine together. That's pretty cool as a little animation. Um, to get only downloaded songs on your phone. I think that's great. They also have this new grid view, which I haven't explored yet, but I guess it's just in your library. It's one little view. They seem really excited about these, these little product updates, which I think is pretty cool that a company can still get excited about, you know, rolling out a little search feature and a, and a new view system. Uh, but if you have a, Spotify, you can go to your library and you can check out all those new updates. And you might be doing it. You might be checking these updates as you're floating back down to Earth on that Blue Origin Splace Flight. Splace Flight. Welcome to Splace. Uh, I think that's the the guy that welcomes you up onto the the rocket ship when you when you get there. Uh, that is not what Jeff Bezos sounds like, actually. You'd think, looking at him, that's what he'd sound like, but that is actually not what Jeff Bezos sounds like. He does not say splice. I feel like Jeff Bezos, since he's become Jeff Bezos, and when he started working out, he got way more, I don't know, aggressive feeling. His voice, I think, even lowered, and his body posture just looks more intimidating. And then when you hear him talk now, he just sounds yeah, more intimidating. In fact, he's in this video. Let's, let's see what Blue Origin is up to. Right, here we go. That's Jeff Bezos. Guys, how exciting is this? Come on. Guys, how exciting is this? Come on. Come on. If you don't answer me in the affirmative, I'm going to kick you out of this car and fire you from Amazon. Come on. <laughs> so aggressive, Jeff. Uh, I like Blue Origins logo. I didn't realize that it was like this feather. Uh, just a blue background with a white feather. It's pretty cool. Uh, we can see here they're new shepherd rocket coming down and it just landed on the space pad and then i will point out that their rocket didn't explode right afterwards i don't know if it actually went up to space and came back down but it did reland on the the uh, landing pad and did not explode musk so here we see some I don't, hold on was that a real person in there no that that seems like a dummy because no real person would hold their hands like this, just like this as they're nervous. If you're nervous, you don't just make a straight, you don't make a knife hand when you're nervous. You make a knife hand when you're trying to take someone out with karate, not 
when you're coming back down from a space flight. When you're coming back down from a space flight and you're nervous with your hands, me, I'm usually going like this, crunching my fists or digging my, my thumbnails into my, my thumbnails, digging my fingernails into my thumb like this, or like, yeah, doing something weird, just like grabbing my thumb even for good luck. In Germany, you grab your thumbs for good luck. You don't cross your fingers. You grab your thumbs. Yeah, either that or I, or I grab my, my legs and I squeeze my legs. I think that's what I do when I'm nervous, not uh, knife hands. <laughs> so the little space pod floats back down to Earth. You can see it. And then there's Jeff Bezos driving very fast out to the, the space pod. And he's walking over to it complete with a cowboy hat? Jeff for the desert? So fitting. He thinks he's Indiana Jones over here. Walks over to the space. Like, look how intimidating he looked. His shoulders were just back and his chest was up and he looked like he was walking with confidence, man. Looks good in there. <laughs> Looks good in there. <laughs> he's like half most intimidating rich man in the world and half desert bro. Looks good in there, man. Coors Light didn't spill. As he cracks a new one open. Blue Origin, get your tickets now. Come to space. We've got Coors. Forget Rocky Mountain refreshment. This is space vacuum refreshing. This is Jeff Bezos. Come on. <laughs> it's time to go up to space. Apparently now, though, you can buy tickets for this new Shepherd. I think it's called. Uh, all they're doing is... Asking for a full name, email, and phone number for the announcement coming later on May 5th. So I guess today. Sign up and learn how you can be the very first. I don't know. I guess they're really not asking for a lot. Pretty interesting that they're trying to get traction like this with uh, full name, email, and phone number. That's like a startup tactic, not a multi-million dollar company founded by the richest guy on the planet tactic. But, uh, you know, Whatever. If you're interested, you can click on the link. Uh, I'll try to put it in the description. If not, you can go on blueorigin.com, I'm sure. Uh, and uh, yeah, find out when you can get the uh, the online bidding for the seat. It's probably going to cost you a smooth, you know, two to five mil. If you got that, sign up. <laughs> Speaking of disappearing into space, though, apparently... During the COVID pandemic, influenza has virtually disappeared worldwide during the COVID pandemic. Who would have thought that a disease that's we assume is spread through droplet forms might have been mitigated by covering up our mouths and, you know, being distant from each other? Who would have thought that it would have disappeared? But that just goes to show actually that the fact that influenza dropped so much how scary COVID actually is and how transmissible it is. If influenza dropped completely and COVID has taken over as the dominating virus infecting humans and killing, you know, I think in India, they have like 400,000 deaths or something uh, happening per day right now. Maybe that number is actually extreme. I think it's just in fact new infections per day at this exact moment. Um, but yeah, influenza looks so weak compared to COVID uh, at this point. But I'm glad that you know, the social distancing and the mask wearing actually reduced influenza. Sadly, I don't think it's going to eradicate the disease, but it definitely reduced its uh, ferocity. So let's hope it doesn't mutate and come back stronger against COVID-19. So we have a COVID versus influenza outbreak. That would be terrible. Uh, and one way, though, to monitor 
viruses coming down the pipeline maybe is through wearables. Uh, not really, actually, I, I played this up way bigger. Apple had a leak uh, for its next Apple Watch. Uh, the leak came in a report from the Daily Telegraph uh, from a company called Rockley Pho Photonics. It's a British electronics startup. Um, it was revealed in the report, uh, as I believe that the company is going public, so they have to report on their financing. Uh, Apple has been revealed as the company's largest customer, which says its sensors could be in devices as early as 2022. So uh, sensors from Rockley Phonics are going to end up in some sort of Apple device. And people think looking at uh, the company's technology that it's actually glucose sensors so that you could wear an Apple watch and have your blood glucose levels or even blood alcohol levels monitored via your Apple watch. This is actually game changing and it's incredible. This has been used for people with diabetes to monitor themselves for years. But in more recent times, there's been startups and people trying to push glucose monitors for normal people to see how their body reacts to different foods. So if I eat a plate of nachos, my blood sugar is going to react much differently than when you eat a plate of nachos. And it's really hard right now to monitor that, but if we can integrate it into wearable fun devices uh, that everybody might have, like an Apple Watch, I think that's actually incredible. It makes me want an Apple Watch. I never really wanted one before, but I've always wanted to monitor my glucose to find out what happens when I eat those nachos, man. Does my blood spike or does it not spike? If I can't have a piece of cake, uh, maybe I can have a cake guilt-free and, and my glucose levels don't go through the roof. Uh, and, you know, I don't know, it would just be nice to know how your body is reacting to food. Uh, and this is a step in the right direction. Uh, and they're saying that it's hard enough to detect glucose when you have access to the interstitial fluid, so, you know, blood, uh, sweat, other stuff. Uh, and it's even harder when you're doing it with photons. So apparently they're doing this somehow with a photon measuring system. Pretty pretty rad, pretty cool. Look out for that coming in probably in the next couple of years here, 2022. From Rockley Phonics, we're going to be measuring our blood uh, glucose from Apple Watches. Big breakthrough. Very, very cool. I'm, I'm very excited about it. As I mentioned, I've, I've wanted to do it for a, a long time. And another thing that I wouldn't mind doing is editing my jeans. You hear me talk about this a lot on this show with CRISPR, uh, but Harvard scientists now have created a gene editing tool that could rival CRISPR. CRISPR lets us cut DNA in specific places and add in a chunk where we want it. Problem though with CRISPR crispier, crispier, is that it's not really exact. So sometimes it makes mistakes or cuts places uh, where it shouldn't, creating mutant strains. And this new technique called Retron Library Recombineering, the RLR technique, uses uh, a bacterial segment called retrons to produce fragments of single-celled stranded DNA, which just, I guess, they're, you know, using science terms, but they're really just saying it makes it safer uh, in some way. I'm really not sure what a retron is on how it relates to bacteria. I just found out about this today, so I, I actually have no information for you. But if you're interested in it, it's called LRR. You can probably Google LRR, L <laughs> RLR technique, and you can find out about what a retron is and how it could be editing our DNA uh, to potentially remove very serious diseases from humans or even enhance uh, ourselves in some way. Maybe even, I don't know, let us 
regrow a limb or remove Alzheimer's if we get Alzheimer's or, or whatever. Uh, but it's pretty cool. LRR technology. Uh, I hope to hear more about it here as we move forward. And hopefully I can find out what a Retron is because it sounds something like a an old an old game, like something you'd play in an old game. Yeah. Uh, like the, the, uh, Nintendo would release a uh, a Retron, a Pokemon Retron <laughs> that you could play on your uh, on your Nintendo Switch that uh, included all of the Pokemon games. It's the Retron collection, but that's not what it is. It's not what it is at all, because actually, old games could be played on a leak from Walmart. Walmart is apparently getting into the cloud gaming space. Uh, there was a somehow. A document from Epic Games, oh, from the, the current court case that's happening where Epic Games is suing Apple over App Store stuff. In the filing documents, it was leaked that Microsoft was working on a gaming, a cloud gaming service, and they approached Epic to integrate Fortnite into it. And it's apparently going to be some sort of very cheap device. They were saying something like $2 that you could plug into your phone, and then you can play games on a cloud platform that rivals PS4 as far as like graphics and, and um, integrity, which is pretty incredible incredible and i don't know where these mock-ups of these things came from if they're from the documents or what but it shows how microsoft here was planning to do it with third uh, party launches indie games developer tools and edge computing network uh, allowing anyone to play it on any device and then they can subscribe buy or bring your own game maybe from a different service i don't really know but uh yeah pretty interesting that microsoft is getting into the cloud gaming space uh a move I was not expecting. In fact, this is so interesting to me that I think GameStop should get in on this. With all the money that they've been making off the GameStonk saga, they should be partnering with Walmart to offer a gaming service that is rival to Epic Games uh, service or Steam or uh, itch.io even. Uh, there's so many gaming platforms now. Uh, uh, there's this codename Project Storm, but one of the hopes that people were thinking about with GameStop and the GameStop stock is that they would get into this digital space, this cloud gaming space, and they're getting beaten by everybody else right now. I mean, even um, I think Xbox has its own cloud gaming service now. PlayStation's tried to do it for years. Nintendo, I'm sure, will get into it here eventually. So if GameStop doesn't take the steps now with the money that they've raised from the GameStop, they're never getting into it and no better chance than now to team up with Walmart now that they can see what they're doing. I think it would they should really, really, really uh, get on the phone because it would be an interesting partnership for them. I don't think they could acquire it. Uh, maybe Walmart could acquire GameStop, maybe. Uh, and then GameStop could just have its place as this cloud gaming service or something. Pff, I don't really know how they would integrate but GameStop's got to get on it and Walmart is a big uh threat to them uh for sure especially if they're only offering it for like two bucks if GameStop starts selling that in store it's pretty much game over at that point game over what's not game over though man I'm so good at transitions right so good at transitions so good is that Toyota has now developed some sort of hydrogen fuel cell um it's a hydrogen electric or fcev fuel cell electric vehicle it uses hydrogen fuel to convert electricity and power into an onboard electric motor 
Uh, this time, Toyota came up with something different. At the end of last year, we built a prototype that provided that car feeling that car lovers love, such as the sound and vibration. And even though we were dealing with the environmental technology, says Koji Sato, chief branding officer, it was only recently that I realized as one thing led to another that we could use this technology that we had on hand. So in this video, there's a Corolla hatchback that's been fitted with this hydrogen sipping internal combustion engine. It has an all-wheel drive system from the mythical Toyota GR Yaris hot hatch. Based on its exhilarating exhaust sound, you wouldn't think that hydrogen is at play here, but it is. Not only sounds fantastic, but the exhaust bark is no different than a tuned gasoline-powered vehicle. I see here, so this is a hydrogen engine, so it's a clean energy engine, but it sounds like a combustible or um, internal combustion engine, or it is part internal combustion that maybe uses hydrogen? Not really sure, but let's listen to it and hear what this delicious car sounds like. That sounds like a car. Oh, it even has the, the revving capability. And you can also hear the, uh, the humming of the electric uh, motor there. It was really high pitched. That's cool. So it's a hydrogen motor that sounds like an internal combustion engine. Pretty rad. Pretty cool. I think it's it's neat. Uh, what exactly they did, I have no idea, but it sounded nice. And I like the fact that it revs up as well. And for our last story for today, keeping it green as well. China has this infinity loop skyscraper. It's one of the world's most interesting buildings. And you've got to be on the YouTube channel to see this because I'm looking at it right now. But it is this circular shaped building that looks like it flows into itself, uh, almost like an infinity symbol or like a Mobius strip. It's the Mobius building. Uh, and it seems like on top of each one of these layers that they use to create this circular kind of look, this infinity loop skyscraper there's going to be some sort of green component as well it's definitely a very cool looking building and in the center it's actually hollow but when you look at it straight on it looks like a column going up like a normal um skyscraper i guess it's it's quite a beautiful building i don't know how they're going to fill it up completely as it looks massive uh, as with i mean that thing could hold a hundred thousand people easily it's apparently for a smartphone ma manufacturer, but this uh, was designed by a Dutch company, I think, or a Danish architect. Um, it's called the O Tower, the big O Tower. Oh, dude, not only is it sexy, but it's giving us the sexy feels too, that big O. Um, and in the article, they actually linked to two other uh, like architecture things that I'm gonna open up here, a new tower capable of eating carbon. So there's this tower designed by French architects, uh, architects, as we can see here that, I mean, it looks, it's a very interesting looking building. It, it's a skyscraper and it looks like it's taller than all the other buildings around it. I don't know if they mocked this up in New York or where it is, but it's pretty massive and it, it just has odd shapes. So it's, it's not an even shape. Like you imagine a building being a straight rectangle. It's like more wavy in its design. And it seems to also have spaces for plants and stuff between uh, some of the layers as well. And they say that the, the building's design is supposed to be inspired by the human-like form of the mandrake plant. But if I'm looking at this, it looks, I mean, if I just step back and look at it, it looks like a really wonky dick. Uh, at the bottom, you can see there's like this base structure. It looks like 
looks like a sack hanging down honestly and then this just looks like a really wonky dick that somebody really i think got in a fight with like a blender and the head of their their jug is just it's, it's gone really uh, as it gets thin at the top and someone that definitely took a bite out of it i think lorena bobbitt got a hold of this building uh, but if i look at the mandrake plant here to see what it's inspired by we can see here it's a beautiful gorgeous violet color but it is not in any way from what i can see human shaped at all it just looks like a flower so i don't know where they're thinking that this looks like a mandrake there's another photo here yep now i see where the building inspiration comes from these are the mandrake the fruit of the mandrake and guys just looks like testicles looks like testicles now i understand where they got the the inspiration for this building in fact that's what i call my balls i call them the fruit of the mandrake so if you ever see me please inquire joe how is your fruit of the mandrake you know the left fruit hangs down a little bit further than the right one but i'm not complaining <laughs> uh so that's yeah that's the the carbon eating building apparently it has a lot of green in it and maybe that's how it's carbon eating i don't know it definitely stands out on the skyline the uh the beat up penis sack uh fruit of the mandrake building and then the other one is comes from a company called nudes <laughs> i feel like they should be building the, the other building uh the fruit of the mandrake from nudes uh the sack plant i mean the sack building they proposed a building called Solar Mountain. You know, upon hearing the name of this building, I would think that it would be something from Disney, a new ride from Disney, not Space Mountain, but Solar Mountain for 2021. Completely green roller coaster, same thrills, no carbon, the Solar Mountain. But no, that's not what it is. It's a series of colossal solar panels assembly assembled that are capable of generating enough energy to power the entire burning man festival let's check out this building yo this building looks slick it looks very stealth it is yeah it looks like a like a oh man how do i even describe this kind of looks like a shark at, but in like a manta ray put together with like the the front of a train engine uh like the front of a train you know how it's got that like triangle thing in the front smashed together with like a manta ray and a shark it's a very sexy looking building it's even got curves it's got some curves going on it's a curvy sexy black building it's also very dark because these are apparently are solar panels so maybe it's just a very dark blue but it looks like a black bu uh, building uh it looks very sexy uh yeah i mean the slimming black is a slimming color as well it's a slim curvy sexy manta ray of a building uh the solar mountain not something that I was uh, that would belong in Disney World at all, unless we're talking about Avengers Square or whatever they're calling that. Maybe you could find the Solar Mountain at Avengers Square, the carbon neutral roller coaster ride. Uh, but that's it for today's show. Thank you for joining me. That's been TBDK. I hope you learned something new. And if you did, give me a shout out in some way. Leave a comment. Hit the subscribe button. I don't know. Interact with me on social media. Uh, check out my other show, Go Go Joe Show. You can also look up that on YouTube. Uh, if you're listening on a podcast form, hit subscribe. Tell a friend. I don't know. Clip a segment and post it somewhere uh, or send it to me and I'll post it on my social media. That would be awesome uh, as I'm... Uh, 
it's so hard creating content and also promoting it. Uh, I turn to you guys for help. So leave a comment, leave a like, subscribe, all that stuff. Help me out. We'd really appreciate it. That's been TBDK with me, Go Go Joe. Uh, until next week, I hope you learned something good because you know it. I love you.